Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you hear this message, please listen. There exists a dark organization who researches nightmarish creatures, objects, and entities. For decades, they've been using you, the unsuspecting public, as test subjects. They are known as Redwood Bureau. My name is Agent Conroy, and I used to work for them. But now, I'm on the run. I'm leaking highly classified reports because I believe you have a right to know. When you no longer hear my broadcasts, it means they've found me. Redwood Bureau Report 0589, Ludus. In the late 1980s to the early 1990s, the home video game console began to gain traction in households throughout the world. Millions of consoles reached the homes of children and adults alike. And with this invasion of entertainment, was also the invasion of influence. The Redwood Bureau studied the home console gaming room with great interest, even going as far as attempting to create their own console for the masses. This attempt was not successful, however. The Bureau developed a home console that became known as the Nightbox. While it quickly sold out from stores, the audience reception proved the product was less than desirable. Experimentation was not executed correctly in the trial groups. The attempt at influence was not successful by any measurable metric, and the games published with the console did not reach any favorable market. Most games published by the Bureau, such as Space Dock and Demon Hands, attempted to cash in on the popularity of other science fiction horror games in the marketplace. The underlying difference, however, was that these games were an attempt by the Bureau to study mind control and the power of suggestion. It may be that the design of the games were not strong enough in their initial onboarding to maintain a steady audience to play through. Because of limited exposure to the games, the players were never confirmed to come under the influence of the games. The Nightbox and its games were abandoned. In the past years, a program has been discovered by the Bureau with a host of desirable capabilities. While the video game world has been cast to the side by the Bureau, it has not been forgotten. Report 0589, titled Ludus, explores a program discovered by a young game developer, Christopher Rain. The following record is an accounting of the Ludus incident involving Christopher. I used to love playing video games. One of my favorite Christmas presents I remember getting was a 16-bit that I took over the living room TV with. 
My mom and dad regretted the purchase after that. I couldn't put this stuff down. Hours upon hours of running, jumping, climbing, shooting, all inside a virtual world that could be explored whenever I wanted. My mum tried to pay attention to the age ratings of the game, even going as far as to say I couldn't play some teen games when I was ten. I mean, sure, I guess she was technically right. Just trying to do the right thing. I'm sure she didn't want to deal with the nightmares that would come with me playing something too scary. The thing is, I wanted to play the scary stuff. <laughs> I was scared easy as a child. Very jumpy and sensitive. But horror began calling to me at a very young age, whether I wanted it to or not. Thankfully, Dad was the one I could get to ignore the age ratings. So what if this game with hot women and guns on the cover was M-rated for mature? It'll keep the kid occupied. It's better than the kid running around with God knows who doing God knows what. I appreciated my father's reasoning, if only because it meant that I was able to play games the other kids at school wished they could get their hands on. <laughs> I even made some money later on renting the games out. Oh, you want to borrow the new Guns and Blood game for the weekend? That'll be one week's worth of lunch money, please and thank you. It really helped to pay for more games to add to the library. The business was self-sustaining. Maybe that's when I started to fall out of gaming, when I turned it into a business. It's no coincidence that I went from renting my own games out to running the marketing department of AAA video game companies. I'm a natural seller, but there is something about games that just don't really scratch the itch for me anymore. Maybe I've seen too much of how the sausage is made. I've seen the inside of the development production world too much, and it's ruined things for me. I thought just working on the marketing side would pay the bills, but it's keeping in constant communication with other departments and really getting an inside look into how the games are made kind of takes the magic away. It's nights like these that I find myself browsing the online libraries and review websites, desperate for something new that might reawaken this love of gaming for me. Trust those people who say not to turn your passion into your work. Trust them, please. It's not even that I have depression. I like being alive. I enjoy life. I have a great family and a great social circle. I mean, my girlfriend and I are kind of going through it right now, but I have a feeling we'll work it out. I love Samantha, and I know she knows that. Everything is great. But games just don't seem to hold the magic they used to. I don't have a specific kind of game that I like. I'll play anything. Sci-fi, fantasy, first-person shooter, platformer, puzzle. I've enjoyed things from classic AAAs to obscure indies. It's become almost a nightly ritual to scour the web for a new game. Or five. Read a summary, make a purchase, start the download, mess around for ten minutes, and then uninstall. Here I am again. I hover my mouse over the top results on the new indie page. Swords and Souls catches my eye. Makova has a wannabe Conan figure on the front, all shirtless and glistening with sweat. The description goes on with your basic stuff. Save the princess, save the world, slay epic monsters, over 100 hours of gameplay. That last part always gets me. Length isn't an indicator of quality. They know it, and we know it. 
Every time someone in my company comes at me trying to slap that claim on the box, I pump the brakes for them very quickly. No one cares if your game is the longest in the world if it's not fun. Swords and Souls is on sale. Half off. Let's try it. A few button clicks later and the game is purchased, installed, and leading me towards the menu screen. I click the new game option, throw some silly names on my character creation screen, Stephen J. Balzac sounds good this time of night. And... we're off. Dusty winds blowing by, sword through someone's head, old wizard with gnarly beard and wooden staff. This game's checking all the boxes. I didn't really expect anything too unique with a name like that, but here we are. I'm able to play for about 30 minutes before I give up. Oh, here's a tutorial for your skill tree. Here's the map with 90% of it fogged out, and the towers you'll have to climb to unlock those map areas. Here's your stats of strength and agility and intelligence. Be careful where you put those points when you level up. By the way, we started you at some arbitrary level like 6. Just because. All these bits just scream mediocrity. There's nothing new or innovative here. I get it. The safe stuff sells, but it doesn't do much more than that. Also, not everything has to be this incredible work of art. But shouldn't you at least try? On to the next game. Puzzle-based. Exploration. Science fiction. The Sonic Loop. Let's give it a try. It's got about 30 reviews. Looks pretty indie. All the reviews are pretty good, though. Maybe we'll have some new mechanics or something. Nope. It's a tile-laying knockoff. Matching colours and eliminating rows and columns. Props for the environment, though. Very shiny and slick surfaces. Has a lot of ray tracing for a puzzle game. I guess that's the feature they wanted to spend their time on. Fair enough. I'll give one more game a shot, but I'm about to call it a night. The Ludus Project. No ratings, no comments. Oh, this game was posted less than a few hours ago. Still in the experimental stage. Okay, time to playtest it for the folks, I guess. A few minutes later and the game is installed. Ah, you asked me for permission to access my Wi-Fi card. That's usually a permission that's included with all the other stuff. Okay, yeah, I'll confirm it and move on. The graphics are, well, pretty basic. Runs at a solid 60 FPS, so that's nice. I'm rolling this sphere around in a tech-looking sci-fi place. The sphere rolls and accelerates and plugs into a receptacle at the end of a hallway. Okay, not much of a story in the game so far. The camera pulls back to reveal the receptacle is, in fact, the top part of a cyborg-looking machine. It moves around, opening its eyes. My PC begins to sound like a jet engine taking off. Okay, the graphics aren't that intense. What the hell is pushing my PC this hard? I've got a damn good graphics card and processor. And does the fan off all the time. What's going on? Then I notice something. The cyborg raises its right hand. And my right hand raises with it. I bring my right hand down. But it feels like it's asleep. Like when you wake up and you've been laying on one side too long and your arm was under it. It's like a paralyzing effect. 
won't move. I bring my left arm to my right and push it down. The left arm follows my motion on the screen. There wasn't anything about motion controls in the settings or tutorial. I don't even have my VR set up. The headset and controls are in the closet across the room. The being on the screen opens its eyes and looks around. I can feel my head trying to tilt with it. Then everything goes dark. I feel like I'm asleep, but awake at the same time. I can hear things around me, but nothing sounds like anything that's in this room. There's dripping nearby, some soft, slow liquid falling from great heights into a large, deep body of liquid. Everything feels... cold. I can't even feel the super itchy blanket I use on my shoulders that was given to me by my mom all those years ago. It's usually right on my headrest on my gaming chair, and can often feel it against the skin of my bald head. But not now. Everything feels cold. I can't move anything. I don't even have a sense of my body. This is the most disconnected I've ever felt. For the life of me, I cannot seem to control anything. I can't see. The panic starts to rise in my chest, and what I assume is panic. I can't feel if my breath is quickening or not, but it... I can't tell if my heart is starting to beat rapidly. Oh, I'm sure it would. My palms would be beginning to sweat. The bottoms of my feet would be itchy. I would be having all the symptoms of my tried and true panic attacks, but instead, I feel none of those physical sensations. Just pure, unfiltered panic. Fear. It closes in all around me. There's this fear and nothing else. It stays like this for what seems like a lifetime. How do I measure time in a place like this? I begin counting, but legitimately lose count. I try to start over and can't focus on it. This is the most surreal sensation ever. Am I dead? Is that it? Is this hell? I didn't think I was that bad of a person. Why would I end up here? Why would this happen? I can't even picture anything. My imagination feels like it's been blocked off. Then, without warning, a bright pinhole of light explodes in front of me. I was beginning to think I was incapable of vision, but there it is. Something. Light. If I had control of my head, I'm sure I'd be moving it around to see where the light reaches to. But I only see what's directly in front of me. Or behind me. Or beside me. I really don't know. Then, out of the light, the cyborg entity from the game materializes in front of me. It's almost as if building block pieces are coming together. Pieces are magnetized and pulling themselves together. Arms, legs, torso, neck, head, everything comes flying to the center of the pinhole, snapping together and fitting into place. In what seems like the span of seconds, a full body is assembled right before my very eyes. And then its eyes open. And then its mouth. It speaks. Hello. It says. I try to speak back. I don't feel my lips move. But it seems that some sound presents itself. 
Hello, I say. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters, murder, mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the roaring 20s. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play with my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Signal connection restored. Hello, it says again. This conversation's already getting on. Where am I? In the construct. Oh cool, we're playing the vague game. What's the construct? The construct is the location in which consciousness merging will take place. Okay, that doesn't sound good. What is consciousness merging? A body has been detected in the immediate vicinity of the program and merging was triggered by the player. It Wait, what do you mean the merging was triggered by the player? I was the one playing, what did I do? I can feel the panic begin to rise again. This has got to be a dream. I've been working myself too much. Game industry crunch is a hell of a thing. Merging was triggered by the player. 
Merging will be completed in 58 seconds. The entity's words are slow, deliberate, like it's trying to find ways to waste my time. Maybe that's the paranoia. Either way... Uh, well, cancel merging! I yell, or I feel like it would have been a yell. Conversation in this mental capacity is making me question what it means to communicate. Merging cannot be cancelled unless approved by an administrator. What the hell does that mean? I'm an administrator! This is my computer, my game! The Lotus Project is run by Rupal Alexei. I imagine clenching my teeth. Okay, well I bought the game and installed it on my machine, so I'm the administrator now. Cancel the merging. Merging complete. WAIT! Everything is dark again. An explosion of light is gone. The cyborg machine, whatever the hell it is, is gone. I can't see anything again. But I... I have feeling this time. I can feel my limbs. I wiggle my fingers and toes. It's like I'm back in my clothes that I haven't worn in years. Everything is so strange. I've got to be having a breakdown. This is it. I've pushed myself too much. I've lost my spark in my life from my childhood. My eyes open. I didn't open them, but they open nonetheless. I'm back in my room. The game running on the monitor before me. Feels like I've been gone for years. What the hell? It's impossible to measure time when you have no sense of control. I look down at the time on the computer. It says 10.34pm. Is that what the time was when I left? Did I even go anywhere? I try to turn my head to look around me, but I can't do anything. I try to move my arm. It's like wading through a pool of wet cement. I'm stuck in place. I can feel the panic start to rise again, and this time it's definitely accompanied by the physical sensations. My breathing quickens, short in and out gasps. My heart feels like it's hammering inside of my chest. I'm simultaneously freaking out and relieved. It's been a minute since I had these feelings. I can't move anything, but I'm moving. I notice on the computer screen that the character is moving there as well. My exact moves are being mirrored in the game. I scream, but nothing comes out of my mouth. Once again, it's the sensation of speaking without actually speaking. STOP THIS! I yell. Nothing at first. Then... I'm sorry. We cannot go back. It's the same voice from before. That damn entity. What is going on? Stop! What are you doing to me? I ask the question, almost like a demand. But what kind of threat can you make up when you can't control anything? When you're a simple passenger inside your own mind. There is no going back. The merging is now complete. The Lotus Project was successful. The being speaks to me so calmly, and it uses my mouth. I can feel my lips moving. This is a joke. This has to be a dream or something. This isn't real. Even if I can't control myself, I'm just going to die from pure shock or a heart attack or something. Everything is alright, Christopher. It knows my name? 
Of course it knows my name, it's in my head. Everything is not alright, you fucking monster! Respect. Get out of me! Get out of my body! Phase 2 is now What the hell is phase 2? My body rises from the chair. I struggle with every fiber of my being to prevent my own body from making these movements. But it's useless. I can't move my arms. I can't move my legs. I can't even speak from my own mouth. I feel a tear come to my eye and I blink it away. Okay, wait, I can blink. I blink a few more times. It's the only thing I can control. STOP! I yell. Proceeding with phase two, the entity says. I close my eyes. I can't see anything, but I assume the being can't see anything either. I feel my legs come to a stop. Open visual faculties, Christopher. Fuck you! I may not be able to control much, but if this is all I can do, then this will be it. Visual assessment is needed to operate and proceed with phase two. We're not going anywhere until you tell me what is going on. The Lotus Project is designed to test the capabilities of remote AI. Human control. Phase 1 consciousness merging was successful. Phase 2 is now to test the limits of control in the human body. The fuck does that mean? Test. Open your eyes, Christopher. The voice is calm, but determined. I'm not opening anything until I get my body back. I feel myself take a step in the dark. Then another. This thing is steering me through my house completely blind. It slams my knee into an end table. The pain shoots up my leg. Watch where you're going! I yell. I can't. It responds. I mean, it's got me there. I'm literally making it do all of this blind. I feel my hands reach for something nearby. It feels like the kitchen counter. Glass is knocked over and shatters on the floor. I can feel the crunch of one of the pieces under my foot. Christ, don't step on that! I feel myself stop. My foot raises up and I pick the piece of glass from my heel. I can feel the blood trickling out of my foot. I hold the piece of glass between my fingers. Christopher, I must have you open your eyes. Go to hell. Then a sharp pain cuts down my left forearm. I can't help but open my eyes and look down. I stand in my kitchen directly across from the stove. My right hand holds a fractured piece of glass. There's red on my fingers and the shard of glass. My forearm is covered in blood. I feel woozy. I'm about to pass out. What the hell did you do? Visual faculties are needed to operate. If you refuse to handle for complete control, this vessel will be destroyed. Destroyed? What the hell do you mean destroyed? A suitable replacement will be found if this body does not tolerate the merging water. What are you saying? You're... You're going to kill me. This thing has to be lying. There's no way. Yes. Your body will not serve a purpose and will be destroyed. Human beings often refer to this act as murder. Or in this case, maybe suicide. But the fact remains. If you do not submit control of your body, I will have no choice but to terminate this operation. I can barely focus on what it's saying. Pain is too much, and he did a good job on the cut. It's down the arm, not across the wrists. 
this was a real threat. Okay, fine. Just take control and fix my arm. I'm losing too much blood. I can feel my arm moving through the kitchen, looking for something to fix the injury. My hand grabs a kitchen towel and wraps it tightly around my forearm. There's a first aid kit in the hallway, I say. Five minutes later, my arm is wrapped up in gauze and bandages. I'm lightheaded, but okay. Maybe this didn't cut as deep as I thought. Maybe I was just freaking out. Who wouldn't? Sending diagnosis of first phase two state. being says. I don't even get a chance to respond. Instead, my brain is just bombarded with quite possibly the worst headache I've ever had in my life. My body stays perfectly still, but it's safe to say if I was in control, then I would probably be on the floor writhing in pain right now. In my mind, I'm there. The only thing I can do is shut my eyes tight as this feeling washes over me. A throbbing pulses in my skull, and with every pulse, white flash of light appears behind my eyes. The pinhole of light that exploded in the merging is back and exploding on a regular basis. Explosion. Throb. Pain. Explosion. Throb. Pain. It goes on like this for a few minutes. Then, as abruptly as it started, it stops. I open my eyes and I can feel the sensitivity to light kick in. I'm squinting across the room, but the only light source is a warm, soft amber glow from my Wi-Fi bulb and the lamp at the end of the hall. It's not that much, but it's enough to cause pain. My body rises and walks back to my bedroom. I stare out of the corner of my eyes, but I can't see anything. It's like trying to press yourself up against a mirror to see into the mirror. It's just impossible. I feel like I'm leaning into my own head, looking out of the windows that are my eyeballs. My body eventually reaches my bedroom and walks over to the still-running computer. A progress bar is displayed on the screen, reading, Transfer Complete. My hand reaches down and clicks out of the progress bar. I hear a buzzing nearby and see my phone. My right hand picks it up. I see Samantha's name and face on the caller ID. My body answers. Hello. It says. Wait, stop! What are you doing? I scream, but it doesn't go anywhere. I can hear Samantha on the other end. Hey, I know we said things are over, but I'd still really like to just talk. Is there any way we can meet? I understand Sure. It. Why don't you just stop by? My voice says. God, it sounds exactly like me. You sure? Positive. See you in a few. My hand presses the end call button. Hey! Leave her alone! She has nothing to do with this! I'm sure if I could actually scream, my throat would be raw. But it's just my mind casting my voice out into nothingness. I'm sorry, Christopher. This project is bigger than you. We cannot stop this. I won't let you do this. I won't let you hurt anyone. This is not for you to decide. My body begins to walk back down the hall. I clench my eyes shut once again. My body stops and braces itself against the wall. I can feel my body transitioning from the narrow hallway to the wide open living room. I can feel the brush from the recliner near my knee. 
I can feel the leg of the coffee table near my foot. My body stumbles until I feel something in my hand. The front door. Please. Please don't do this. I beg. I wish I could do more. I, I wish I could control more. The being answers back using my own mouth against me. Phase two is almost complete. We must fully test the limits of the control program. My body stands next to the door for what has to be half an hour. I'm screaming inside my own head, but whatever it is, is done listening to me. A knock on the door. My hand turns the knob and opens the door. I can hear the surprise in Samantha's voice. Hey, what's wrong? Why are your eyes closed? I yell and can almost hear the echo inside my brain. Samantha, leave! Get out of here! I hear my voice come out of my mouth. Something in my eye. Go ahead and come in. I hear footsteps enter through the doorway and the door closes. Can I get you something to- Samantha is cut off. I can feel my hands around her throat. They're growing tighter and tighter. Stop! Leave her alone! I'll do whatever you want, just leave her out of this! Her throat gurgles. She tries to speak, but the words do not come. My hands tighten. Her body falls to the floor. And my body falls on top of it. My hand falls away for a second and I hear her gasp for breath. But it's choking the life out of her before I can do anything. I can't do anything. I open my eyes and see Samantha's eyes before me. There's fear. Panic. But also love. I can't do anything to tell her this isn't me. I can't stop my hands from committing this act. I love her so much, but I can't stop. I keep my eyes open as her eyes stare at me. I hope they're able to communicate something. To let her know I didn't do this. But it doesn't matter. I keep my eyes open as her shut for the final time. Christopher Rain was arrested by local police three days after the killing of Samantha Vinn. While the trial did not make it beyond local coverage, the Bureau became aware of the trial after tracking the Ludus program itself. The Bureau had in fact been aware of this program's developer, Rubel Alexi, for the past decade and has watched his career with great interest. Often pushing the limits of technology, Alexi has stayed on the radar of the Bureau without ever having been contacted by them. All of this changed after the Ludus incident. The Bureau is now in control of both Rubel Alexi and Christopher Rain. Both men are being held in confinement, although Alexi is given much more freedom than Rain. The Bureau has requested further testing from Alexi, and at the time of this recording, there have been nine more confirmed cases of successful consciousness merging executed by Alexi. With this ability, the Bureau would have literal control through the Ludus program, much like the control they sought through the Nightbots all those years ago. Two of the nine successful control surrogates have been released into the public for moderation. With the notes of Report 0589, 
it is evident that the Bureau intends to release the rest of the nine surrogates, as well as many more. The Ludus program has been taken offline from the general public, but not before the website showed that it had been downloaded over 100 more times. When asked about the control and link that Alexei is able to maintain with the existing program strewn through the world currently, Alexei responded, It's out of my hands. Whether this is the truth or not remains to be seen. The Bureau is working around the clock to make sure they can establish and maintain control of every surrogate created by the Ludus Project. The Bureau has made it clear that until Rubel Alexei is willing to admit or turn over full control of the other running surrogates, he will stay housed within Bureau walls. The question then becomes, if Rubel Alexei does not control the other beings created by the Ludus Project, who does? I'm Josh Tomar, host of Redwood Bureau. Thank you for listening. Redwood Bureau is a horror fiction podcast and part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. For more dreadful terrors, follow Redwood Bureau on Spotify and iTunes, and check out our other podcasts like Unexplained Encounters and Freaky Folklore on your favorite podcast platform. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch under username Tomamoto, T-O-M-A-M-O-T-O, and my voiceover is featured in a wide variety of your favorite video games, anime, and other animated shows. Until next time, don't forget, this world is a strange one. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.